let's go what's going on everybody um another day another dollar man and this main event let's just jump fucking right into it head first it was anticlimactic. that's the word that everybody's using out there and uh, i thought it was a a pretty solid fight for the first two rounds you know what i mean rackage was showing like his 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 ground game as well as his stand-up and pretty much dominating in both aspects what did you see dan what did you see before the injury happened yeah, I felt like Rakic, well, I could really, you could really see that that cut in uh, Jan's eye was, was starting to frustrate him or starting to affect him. Like that is about as worst place as you can possibly get a cut uh, in combat sports. That's why you're going to go back and you just look at the cut man's face. So I was like, everyone else is like, doctor, let it slide, like referee, let it slide. But when a cut man like puts a towel on and just like looks at like the other cut man and it's just like, his you could just look at his eyes and be like oh this is gonna be a this is gonna be a problem you know what um but yeah just one of those things just a, a freak just a freak injury i've seen it in the gym like i've seen people do stuff like that in the gym but for it to happen for it to happen in a main event fight when you're like your title contention main event for that yeah. to happen then it's just man this heartbreak it is you got a feel for rackage man he's he's a guy that's been fighting and clawing his way up that that light heavyweight division and to get the main event spot against a former mm. champ and then not even get to show what you really wanted to show you know because it looked like he was on his way to winning that fight um it must be yeah like you said it's heartbreaking for Jan. can you can you I don't know if you could celebrate this win. You know what I mean? Like, you could call for a title shot. That's what you should do. But celebrating a win like this, I think that they should. I don't think Jan's going to get a title shot. Let's. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think Jan's going to get a title shot, right? He He's close, but I don't think he's going to get one. Um, I, I feel like they should run this back. If if Rakic's knee is not completely. He ain't. <laughs> he ain't running anything back. <laughs> What are we gonna wait? What are we gonna wait a year and run it back? Like man, his his knee, for his knee to just buckle like that, like that's not that just that just popped. That wasn't something a little bit hurt or a cramp. You just iron it out. That his knee popped. Like he's he's gonna be gone for a while. So running it back, I don't think is gonna be your 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 safe bet. But of course, he like he wins though. At the end of the day, he wins. He gets the job done. Like that's that goes down on his record as a, a TKO. Like that's is, of course is anticlimactic, but it's it's the fact. It's the fact of the matter. He he wins. It was a title in a fight. He wins. He should reap all of those rewards. Like just because that a freak accident happened doesn't mean he should be somehow he should be somehow punished by that you know what i mean yeah 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 <laughs> i never looked at a rematch as a punishment but it kind of it kind of possibly could be a punishment you know for, for some people in certain situations um yeah he from you know there's you know what's cool about um you know there's a lot of shitty things about twitter and stupid things but one thing cool about twitter is that there are like medical professionals out there now that like are real professionals, you know what I mean? They got degrees and shit yeah, that yeah, actually yeah. analyze the injuries of, of fighters and, and you know, and they, they look at it with a specialized eye and say like, oh, I, 
because one of the one of the guys he was saying that he saw like the one part of their leg pop out, which means like the MCL was torn. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I'm just saying like, they're professionals. So I have to believe them. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it yeah, looks like, like people always, people, people always injure themselves in the gym and they look at me and they're like, Oh, have you ever, have you ever tore your ligaments in your hand? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Oh, how do, how do I, how do I fix it? I'm like, I'm not a doctor. You know what I mean? Like I'm a fighter. I just ignore things until they go away. That's like the <laughs> oh, I have an injury. I will just stop using it and I will just ignore it until it gets better. I am not a medical expert, but it is pretty cool. Like having all these people on Instagram and stuff like that. You just it, yeah, because Twitter is a, a pretty um, hostile place at times. So to have people where you like just. That that sharing actual information with each other is, is like a very cool. Um, it's a very cool. That's like what MMA news used to be. You know what I mean? It used to be when I first started. It was you go on the MMA website and it's just like this fight is sharing a technique. Uh, this fight is sharing, but his nutrition. Or this is this guy's favorite um, exercise for his shoulders like it was it was just like sheer information but as it went more into like a mainstream sport and was like more popularized and um things like that then obviously like the things tend to go more towards like clickbait kind of headlines and going towards that so yeah it's cool it's cool to get to to be on twitter and get smarter not dumber is very cool <laughs> yeah that's 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 my goal every day is to wake up and, <laughs> and get a little smarter, not dumber. You know, and usually Twitter's not gonna get you smarter, but yeah, it, usually it doesn't I, you know, help, think, you know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I think ESPN or somebody should like hire one of these guys, right? I think Chell was trying to hire or he was doing a show maybe with, with one of those guys that are uh, medical professionals and they know you know injuries really well, but yeah, they, I think they should have somebody like part of the broadcast that can kind of explain. Let's say someone's coming off a knee injury. Let's say someone's coming. Like they could bring somebody in for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds to just give a little bit of background information of like why that was difficult or or what they went through. You know, I, mean? I think it would do a lot of it would educate a lot of people watching the fights. You know, what I mean, to know. Yeah, like, what's yeah, going on. that would be a cool. They got they got Dan Thomas. He's like a pretty cool addition. They need the. Yeah. Who's the, who can be the medical? Are they going to be Dr. Phil on standby? Throwing his, <laughs> throwing his tidbits in. Dr. Gray. Be like you a know. Cool because there, there, are, there are so many. Yeah, like it's, hard, it's hard for people at home to really understand some of the injuries that the guys come through. Like I had no idea that um, Michael Johnson, who fought and got that massive knockout, um, I had no idea that he was out three back-to-back surgeries. I Because... Obviously, every fight event, I'm going. Where's Michael Johnson? Like, I love watching Michael Johnson fight. He puts on um, some of the most entertaining fights. So to see him come back and just to look as sharp and as fast and as quick as he's ever been was was very cool. Yeah, hopefully, you know, Rackage, nothing is too badly torn. You know what I mean? Maybe he could shorten the return. Who knows? We've seen crazy things happen in the sport where guys return or women return so fast off injuries. So hopefully mm-hmm. uh, it's all good for Rackage. But uh, yeah, it's just like Rackage gets put on the shelf. Now, Jan, you know, you push Jan forward or 
it pushes other people forward, which is, you know, it's bad for rackets, but good for other people. You know, this is the this is the game that you know they play or you play. Um, what was it? Uh, you playing now? Oh, I man, see you playing now, and you're you're looking. You know, Thailand. You're looking right now, my friend. You got the you got the <laughs> hair. You got the tan. You now got the muscle yeah. shirt. Couldn't be more Thailand. Look <laughs> the at me transformation. A, look at me sitting here in a sweatshirt. How about we trade places? I'll come. I'll go to Thailand. I'll go. We'll switch spots. I'll go to Thailand. You come here. We're gonna do. We're gonna do that. Uh, the what, is, what do they call it? The 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 wife swap or whatever. You know, there's a TV show. Yeah, like <laughs> they would go to different families and shit, and they just you know that shit. That shit was funny to watch. So I ain't gonna lie. Um, but uh, yeah, something like that. Um, well, you know, speaking of injuries, man, like me being in this situation of like training and I'm not even fully into like a training camp yet. I'm just like getting into the, the swing of things, you know? And when fighters would say like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a close to hundred percent I can be, which means like, you know, they have like little minor injuries and for, for a regular person, I don't think they understand what a minor injury means. You know what I mean? For, for a fighter, a minor injury could be something totally different than what we feel is a minor injury, right? Like for, you know, like right now I'm training and I have so-called niggles, right? You know, those niggles, like people are like, yeah, I got some little niggles and, you know, a little, you know, little here, sore over here, sore over there. But I'm not a fighter. But me experiencing like the niggles now, like of what it means, like like a bruised rib, my lower back hurts when I stand up. My my right shoulder when I land punches like it hurts. You know what I mean? Like those are I guess those are called niggles, Dan. Am I am I right or wrong? Yeah. Oh man, my so uh, my coach Carl Weber. He's called Coach Hostile for a reason. His his favorite saying that he used to he used to scream at everyone as we were training and he'd be walking down the, around the room. Everyone's getting tired. There's people falling out and stuff like that. And he goes, uh, if you're injured fuck off if you're hurt get the fuck up like that's the only two oh you either hurt and injured people i think people get them confused sometimes they're like oh i've got an injury me as a fighter like if if i go to my physio or i go to the doctor or something and i say this is fucked or this hurts if i keep using it they'll they'll teach me how to move around it or how to work around it They'll just be like, well, you can throw straight punches with your hand, but you can't throw hooks. Uh, when you're wrestling, you can go overhook and you can whizzer, but I'd be careful. I'd be careful fighting for underhooks with like. So you just get like, if I can, if I can work around it, then I'm not concerned. I'll, I'll consider that I'm hurt. Injured to me is it's completely unusable. If if I if I if you break your arm, that's I can't use that anymore. Now I'm injured. Like there's there's yeah, the, you have to th differentiate between being hurt and being injured, and that's why it's so good, so good having like that's why you need like a good a good physio. Um, you need like a good um, you've got a good chiropractor. You need a good massage therapist. These professionals that understand your sport as well, because I I've worked with like physios in the past and you go to them you go to them first and they're kind of um they'll say oh just take just take five days off 
and you're just looking at them like and i just smile and i'm just thinking it doesn't it doesn't work like that like i can't show me how i can work around it if it hurts mm. i'll push through but you show me how i'm not gonna make this any worse taking time off is uh that's impossible. That's that's just I'll go to another physio if you tell me to take time off. Tell me how I can work with it. Yeah, I don't know, man. To me, like a regular person, I'm a regular person. Like the other day, I kind of tried to like muscle out of a position and I felt like some like pulling on my neck to my trap area. And I knew like, fuck, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up at my neck. <laughs> This area of my neck is gonna fucking hurt, and then I the next yeah. day I woke up and it was just like, oh fuck, like I gotta go do something. Because for a regular person, you wake up like that, you're like, oh shit, I gotta go to the doctor. I got fucked up, right? Like for a fighter, it's like, let's go see what the physio says, and if he says the wrong up. thing, warm it up. Yeah, <laughs> warm it up. Yeah, that's where. Another thing is important is warming up. I like. Warming up is so important. I didn't even fucking realize that. You know what I mean? Like before I used to just play basketball, just run on the court and just start fucking playing. But in fighting or just any kind of MMA stuff, you do need to warm up those fucking bot like those body parts, oh, whatever same, you're gonna use. Same right? brother. I was eight I was yeah, eighteen when I started this and comparing like the the what you used to do at that age compared to now is is quite funny. Like never I probably wouldn't even have known what a physio was when I first started fighting um, professionally at 19. Like, would it would it not known what any of these things were? A physio, chiropractor, anything like that. Um, used to just put the MMA gloves on, no hand ramps, smash tie pads for an hour. You'd go to town, you'd have a night out, you'd finish town at, what, 4 or 5 in the morning, be back at training at 9. You know, you're off two hours sleep. Like, oh, if, if I go out and I have a night till 3 a.m. now, I'll be in bed for a week. Like, I just, it doesn't doesn't work like that. Hands have got to be wrapped with this, the special wraps, and you got to see your physio to make sure everything's all right. You can't, yeah. Just when you're the early days, you just take it for granted. 19, 20, I used to just take it. You should take it for granted, man. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Is because th also this week, like, I think I'm wrapping my hands wrong because, like, after I did mitts, like, <clears throat> I could feel the tendons in my knuckles, like, hurting. And then I can't really, like, make a full fist. For a couple of days, like, two days, I couldn't make a full fist at the last two knuckles because they were sore from hitting the pads. And I'm like, how is my knuckles sore from hitting pads, right? It's not like I'm hitting someone's face. And I guess it's just, like, my, it's just my hands are not conditioned. It's just a, a cumulative. Now nah, they're like, yeah, they just uh, they'll like they like calcify over time. That's why mm -hmm. mine have like uh, they like grow. Yeah, my knuckles they like, haven't always been that big. Like yeah. you're just hitting, you're just repetition, repetition, repetition. It'll like swell up, and you kind of feel like there's like a bit of it's a bit spongy or a bit of like fluid in there, and then it um, then it'll it'll eventually just harden, and your knuckle like will start to calcify and. And start growing like a little bit bigger. Yeah, man. Shit. I think <laughs> this is shit that this is insider shit that you guys don't even fucking get on the broadcast, right? It's just like you know, fucking hitting pads, your knuckles are sore and shit like that. But if some people train, they they probably understand a little bit more. But uh, 
Yeah, man, it's just injuries suck, and uh, and <laughs> I think every fighter goes into the fight hurt. Like you said, hurt is different from injured. They're somewhat hurt somewhere. Yeah, like uh, and... adrenaline. Adrenaline cancels out um, mm-hmm. a bit of that too. Like, or what, even if I if I've gone into fights with like injuries, and you just um, once once you get flowing, the punches start flying. Like the crowd, you hear the roar of that crowd. Um, the adrenaline does like overpower a lot of that, a lot of that being injured kind of feeling and hesitation and self-doubt like once you step into the cage and you feel that adrenaline it does like block a lot of that out now that doesn't mean that that like it physically doesn't hurt in the fight <laughs> like physically, and a lot and a lot after in reality like you're just gonna make those um injuries worse but yeah twenty thousand people screaming at you definitely does um make you feel less pain well, less pain is always good. And you mentioned Michael Johnson, man. Like, he's he fought really early in the card, and I was kind of surprised, like, how early he, he was fighting. But it is what it is, man. He came back and got a, a nice little second-round knockout. Man, he he's a guy that's, like, I don't know. He just – I don't know what it is about him, but his hands, do they feel – do they look like the fastest hands – you know, like it could be like one of the fastest hands in the UFC. Like it's pretty quick. It's pretty. Yeah, he's pretty quick, man. Nah, he is. Um, he's always had fast hands. Like he's always been yeah. a super, super quick puncher. Like very impressive. That guy is funny. Uh, what's his name? Patrick. Yeah, he's yeah, been in the Alan UFC. Patrick. Yeah, Alan Patrick. Like he's he's been in the UFC. He's a cool guy. I met him a few times. Um, He's like such an awkward style. Like uh, Michael Johnson's did a great job of of dealing with it. Like he doesn't really engage with the hands. He's like got a couple of background, like friends, funny kicks, just jumping at you. Like he's a little bit. He's a very awkward person to compete against. But it was it was cool to see Michael Johnson go out there and just be um, as sharp and as impressive as ever. And to get a knockout over a guy like that is um, yeah, he's back. He's back. That, how how long would it have been since Michael Johnson last fought? Fuck, let's see. I know um, I his last fight was twenty twenty one. And before that? Before that it was twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen. So he's he's lost four he lost four in a row uh before this fight. And uh, you know, you know when you lose a few people just dump on you and shit and then you win one and there everybody's like, Yay! You he's know? back, Michael baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's back. Like, but it's true it's though. Sport, it's the sport <laughs> of your you're as good as your last fight. Like that's just yeah. that's the rea- reality of the sport. That's yeah, as far Michael as Johnson's memories go. Yeah. If you look at his man, his resume, it's just phenomenal. The the names that he has competed against and and the names that he has beaten. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like Poirier, Tony Ferguson. Oh, he's a madman. He is like he, he knocked out T-Bow, and you know T-Bow that T-Bow was like that was T-Bow back in the day. You know what I mean? Like you know another guy with fast hands like Melvin Gallard. You know what I mean? He he took him out, but uh, yeah, he's a guy. I think he's one of those guys. Also, it's like he doesn't turn down fights. It's like you guys send nah. a contract. He's ready. That's why he's, that's why he's in this mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in this mess. 
It's, it's, yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, but he won a bonus, so good for him, man. That was a that's that's a good way to come back, you know, to show that you know you're still here. It's, he's 35 years old, man. He's not a young buck. He's not a young buck. And uh, what did he say? He Patrick wants to fight is... till he's 45. He said he wants to be in the UFC till he's 45. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Oh, he's who's for like how many 45 year olds are in the UFC right now? If you think about it, no, none. Oh, 45. Right? We got Glover's 42. Yeah. Glover's the same age. As me. The, me and Glover the are the same age. Think about that. He's like a month older than me, Glover is. Whoa. <laughs> so if Glover can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? That's what, I tell, that's what I tell myself. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> he's inspiring. Yeah, you just look at him and you're just yeah. like, oh, I have to keep going. Like, he's at a 42, man. What a ledge. When you when you look at him, right, it, it looks like he's, he's sustained – pretty good amount of damage to his body over the years you know being 42 years old and been training for so long and you know he started in brazil but he was training at the pit with like the old school old school dudes that probably mm. sparred every day you know every day like every day was sparring session there was like no techniques being learned just like they're beating the shit out of each other so like imagine like the adjustments he's had to make in the last couple of years to his training regimen to where it's like he doesn't he's not injuring himself or hurting himself as much do you think that that's the thing right there like as you get older you do have to like take things out and you can't do certain 100%. types of yeah practice 100 percent. but you're like you need you need to have at some stage like gone through those hard rounds but mm -hmm. at like his age and his level of experience is probably like not not necessary you probably only has like a small team of guys that he kind of trusts to not injure him but you do mm -hmm. see that. You see it with, uh, like, Bernard Hopkins. He's, like, was yeah. in his in his 40s, like, still competing with the best guys in the world. And he would – his morning session every morning was a, a pool session. So every morning, like, his, his conditioning or fitness or mobility was in – it was all in the pool. So all his um, – just less strain on his body. Like, he couldn't deal with two hard sessions a day, like, sparring and track or this and that like he would still he would still spar um but yeah every day of a, a pool session so that's half his workload was was like geared towards preserving his body mm -hmm. yeah i wonder what glover's doing because you don't really ever see videos of him like training like extremely hard maybe kind of keeps it quiet you know keeps it secret but but you don't really see that too often from him. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see him fight in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Can't wait to see him fight Yuri. What do you think about that fight? Yeah, like Yuri's a madman. Like that's like the way that he that that style um, is so awkward and is so like dangerous. But it's so I feel like from my view like Yuri's style is so dangerous to to fight like his head is there like he does big movements like swing big miss big um just he hasn't been clipped yet you know like that's just mm -hmm. he's just been he's just been doing an incredible job but uh, it's um 
very dangerous style in which he fights. Yeah, it is. It is. But we love him for it. You know what I mean? That's why people oh, have are to. Have to. That's why it's, yeah, it's like a tornado. <laughs> yeah, it's a tornado for sure. And uh, the fight after Michael Johnson's fight was uh, uh, Vivian Arujo versus Andrea Lee, right? Did you see that first mm-hmm. round where she, she knocked her down and then hit that head kick combination? It was a pretty slick, like, combination. And she almost finished her, too. You know what I mean? Do you think she fucking, so to say, busted her load in the first round? You know what I mean? Like, because the second and third round, she got dominated really badly. You can see you see, she did tense up after that. Like, she did, um, like, even on her face after the grappling exchanges, like, she was still, like, locked up and tense. Like, it's very hard to, um, and that can only come from experience of being in those situations before. After you hurt someone, just to take, take your time, like, take a step back and take, like, a breath. Like, that actually takes, first time you drop someone, you're just, like, spaz out yeah you just spaz out you're just like locked up tense like start thinking about uh start thinking about what you're gonna wear to the after party you know you're just like hey. and then when they don't when they survive that it can only come from experience when someone survives that and they're still there you're like oh i didn't think this through next time <laughs> so now like when you hurt or you see like more experienced guys like drop someone or hurt someone like they that calm it down keep it calm and just just push their shots because yeah you need to understand that whatever that other person gets they're gonna go 100 percent. like if they um they get a single leg they're gonna they're gonna use all of their energy to try and finish it if you leave your if you let them land a punch they're gonna go all in on that punch because they're hurt you corner the you corner a mouse like he, he's gonna rear back and try and fight like it's the same thing you're most dangerous when you're hurt um but yeah it's a tough it's a tough lesson to learn at that stage of your career is staying calm um staying calm once you see someone's head bounce off the ground is is very difficult yeah especially in the sport like like you know this sport um there's some controversy coming out of that too you know what i mean uh her corner after the first round, which is also who is also a UFC fighter, Tony Kelly, a guy that I've interviewed many times in the past. Cool dude, like Southern, chill, relaxed dude, you know, but very confident in his skills, which is her boyfriend, Andrew Lee's boyfriend and her corner. He said, this is a quote. That's what they're going to do. They're dirty fucking Brazilians. They're going to fucking cheat like that. And I was like, First off, before we get into what he said, was Arujo cheating? I, I I don't know. Like I don't know what she did. She was. Yeah, I don't know what she did. That's the question. You know, I put that out on Twitter, and then people are just like, "No, Andrea Lee, she cheated twice in the first round when she grabbed the fence, and then did she did something else right in the fight?" And I'm like, "Did Arujo do something?" I, I was confused by that, right? And then the fucking Brazilians cheating, like that's what they fucking do thing. I was like, "Why did he need to even say that?" Why did you just say didn't, you didn't realize they were gonna tape a microphone to you? <laughs> How does it to grab it? Grab it and then speak. Like there's nothing they can do about it. What? Yeah, like I heard there's some tricks to the trade. I've heard the tricks to the trade with the corner tricks to the trade. There are some tricks to the trade. I myself have never had a microphone. <laughs> 
there's some tricks to the trade. You know what I mean? Like if you've been, if you've talked to people that quarter people and, and you, that leads into that conversation, they're just like, there's some tricks to the trade. I'm pretty sure some people just You'll haven't see realized it. You'll it see it. Like any of the, like any of those elite, the elite coaches, like you're not gonna, yeah. if they're sharing like a, like an intricate detail, like you're not, yeah. you're not going to hear it. Like Eugene, you'll never hear him on a microphone in between. Um, even guys like Henry Hoof, like you hear, you hear him off someone else's microphone. You don't hear him like speaking yeah. directly. It's because these guys, it's like a private thing. It's like a, it's a personal, yeah. it's a personal thing. You might have to say something to get the guy motivated. That's like pretty private or, or pretty personal. It's not, um, I understand that. Like I, me as a fan wants to hear it and wants to see it, but. But what can you do? Yeah, but the thing is, like, what can you do? You know, once once you do that, it's it's uh, you know, you shouldn't say things like that, and you know, you can make mistakes with the words that come out your mouth. You know, doesn't I don't want to label somebody anything. That's another thing is I don't want to label. You know, what I mean, it's not acceptable. But I don't want to label him for anything. You know, what I mean, like, because there's a people like we just talked about Twitter. There's like five percent good and ninety five percent just dog shit. And you know what happens? Like that happens. Twitter's going crazy about uh, this guy, and he's a he's a fucking racist. They're calling him all kinds of shit, right? It's like they're labeling him already. Um, and this is not like a, something like a repeated, you know, like a, like action, right? Like he's not like he's just been doing this all the time. And I, and I've talked to Tony myself, you know, what I mean, you know, in interviews. Um, but yeah, it's just. Yeah. And then did you see like people start digging up his past? Already, like Twitter's crazy. Like right away, you make a little mistake. They're like, "Oh shit! Look at this article from uh, yeah, 1952." It's like, uh, it's like um, I don't know. He was still in it. Like, you, he's a fighter. Like, you do kind of, you do kind of have like two modes where where you're just very, um, very to the point, like very hostile, very like he's he was kind of in that mode so i'm not like i'm not trying i'm just speaking in general like, trying to justify what he said or anything but like fight gyms are, are a funny place like people they're like comedy I, I, they're like comedy clubs you know like a comedy club you can say something you can say something you can't say yeah. anywhere else so, to me it's kind of like a fight gym as well like you're gonna hear you're gonna hear some pretty stone cold truths when you walk into a fight gym if you got a big mole on your forehead, like people are going to call you mole head. Like it's going to be, you're going to get the hard road, but like the beauty, <laughs> the, the beauty about a fight gym is that like, if someone says something that pisses you off, that pisses you off like two, three times a week, you get to scrap, you get to strap gloves on and try and punch that guy. And you're like, <laughs> that's like the advantage of it. So there's, that's why everyone just, everyone can just like get everything out on the table you can say whatever you want to say because you're gonna you're gonna have to knuckle up and you're gonna have to uh you're still gonna have to fight about it so maybe he was just like stuck in stuck in that mode and people were kind of digging a bit deeper into to it than they than they perhaps need to yeah I, like i've dealt with a lot of that shit like when i was younger growing up and shit in america it's a little bit more prevalent i think in the u.s with racism right like straight up racism like i don't i can't even count on my hands and toes like how many times i experienced it growing up so it's not a big i don't know when to say it's not a big deal but it's something that i've become like numb to in a way some some you know in, in some ways and when i see something like this i always want to give the benefit of the doubt to the person that they made a mistake 
right? It's not something that they continue doing. So like from, from my perspective, so other people, they react differently, right? I'm not telling other people how to react, but for me, I'm reacting to the point where it's just like, let the dude explain himself because, you know, he could make a mistake. Just, you know, anybody, anybody. It's just in fighting, it doesn't matter. Like it could be anything. You could be on the street. You know what I mean? Just give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Until it's like clear that this person is, you know, the R word and not. Where was, he, where was he from? Where was he from? They're from like um, Louisiana. From Louisiana. <laughs> That's South, you know, right? Got, That's like deep yeah. South. That's like Poirier and DC and and you know Theo Vaughn and you know those types of you know that 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 group that group right there you know so it's kind of a pretty mixed bag but you know whatever um, but uh, Andrea Lee man just going back to her performance I thought she was gonna shock everybody at that moment I was like oh fuck do it do it like, I was cheering for her to finish the fight I was like this is a huge win for her like she could really catapult herself and then Arujo is just too fucking tough she just toughed that round out and then dug deep and and just won the last 10 minutes of that fight it was uh and more than actually the last 10 minutes of that she won the last fucking 12 minutes of that fight she just mm. just grounded her and just just it turned up pretty quick though it was time. like uh, only only what 10 20 seconds after she got dropped she just locks mm. her hands to give her peels her off the cage and dumps it down to the ground like that that's like a statement in a fight. Like I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm, I'm still here and I'm back. Yeah. Um, have you have you been following any of the like the Nate Diaz like disciples? You know the fighters that come out of his gym. Have you noticed any of the? I don't watch the guy. The guy that fought first on the card. Yeah. I yeah. He got. I didn't watch that fight. What happened to that one? He got choked out. The Nate Diaz disciple. Yeah, the Nate Diaz or the Nick Diaz Army disciple Nick Maximoff, which you know he he comes a little different, like his style, his background is wrestling, not really more of the you know the boxing or whatever, but uh, but a decent young prospect, you know what I mean? It's not he doesn't suck like the other dudes that they signed. The, he they sucked like the other, other guys that ended up, the the other one that ended up boxing on Jake Paul's. Exactly, I don't, we don't know on... his name. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know his name. I have no idea who the fuck the dude is. But I think they, him and there was another dude that they signed for one fight deals, it looked like, in the UFC. And then they got cut after they lost. Like, they got brutally knocked out, both of them, right? Um, and then there's, uh, what is it? But Nick Masimov, he's a decent prospect. I like him. I, I You know, I think he's good. But he, he went in there against Petrovsky. You know, Petrovsky, you know, he's like... I think he's like really close, uh, not really close, but he he's wrestled against uh, Frank in in college, or I think they oh, wrestled yeah. together. Yeah, so they they know they know each other. Oh when they went on the yeah, 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 Ultimate yeah. I've met that kid. Yeah, I've met that yeah. kid. Hi. So uh, yeah, he went in there and and Daniel Gracie. They're they're like all out of Daniel Gracie Academy in uh, in Philadelphia, like Petrosky, Sean Brady, uh, Jeremiah Wells. They got a pretty decent, you know, a couple of guys in the UFC that are doing really well. So shout out to Daniel Gracie. It seems like he's doing magical things over there. Um, who else? Uh, Nick, Nick. You see, like, everybody's stuck well, on the Well, they have, like, because like, I obviously have, um, like, I've trained with people who have trained with them or been out there and, and spent some time with them mm-hmm. training. And they just, uh, they, 
don't train like other people train like they train it like Nate and Nick train it like weird hours like they'll 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 like fuck around all day you know what I mean they'll like fuck around all day smoking weed playing video games doing stuff before bike ride and then at be like yeah, yeah we're gonna go to the gym now and train at like midnight and they'll just go to like midnight till like two in the morning and then come back like that would just not work for me so you can see how like a lot of just because it's right for like one guy doesn't mean it's gonna work for everyone yeah. like floyd mayweather used to be the same right like he used to just he used to train at midnight like he used to just go into the gym and train whenever he wanted like obviously he has the money to do that but my um like me myself i i I perform better in the morning. Like I, I do better with like a structured training regime. If you tell me I'm going to train at nine and I'm going to train at five, that's, that's what I would prefer. So everyone like works different and then looks like their system is, well, yeah, their system's like not effective <laughs> for like a majority of people. Like they're just two very unique cases. If, if that was the case, you know, like, like one coach that's really, really good at his craft would just produce, like let's say in boxing, which is one, you know, martial art isolated. Like one coach would just produce fucking 15, 16, 20 fucking champions, right? Just because his system works. But sometimes it doesn't work on certain people. That's why you see fighters leaving, like you, you know, like let's say uh, Sanford MMA, right? A guy trains at Sanford MMA and all of a sudden he decides to move to um, – Frankie Eggers gym with, uh, what is it, with uh, Mark Henry, you know what I mean, his style. You know what I mean? You saw that Eddie Alvarez did that. You know what I mean? He went up there from Sanford or, you know, whatever else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and is it, is it a good move? You could say it was good if the results are good, right? right? Like if, if he wins his fights, then it's good. If he loses his fights, then it's like, it's, you know, it, there's so much that goes into it, right? It's just you can't just look at the wins and losses. You got to look into everything. But – I don't know, man. It's it's a trip, like how people just like set they set themselves up. Like certain fighters will like set themselves up, but at, at one point in your career, that is not good for you anymore. That's not what's gonna work for you anymore. So you gotta leave. But this loyalty thing, sometimes it could be a curse. Oh, for sure. I've seen a lot of um like fighters loyalty to a gym obviously kill their development if their coach can't give them the, what what they need or what they require but yeah it's it's um it's different in all different parts of the world like i learned that from going to the states and like training it's more like it's just more of a uh, it's more of a business over there like once i got to the states like it's a it's like a legitimate it's a legitimate business like it's a training at a gym is like a business transaction um like you're you get your coach and it's it's just a financial agreement that you have with them like obviously some gyms are some gyms are different and obviously like doing well and and having a lot of students that are performing well obviously gets the ball rolling or gets the juices flowing for everyone but it's like not it's not similar to what it is like here in new zealand here in new zealand it's really like fighting and fight gyms are not really that business minded or that business orientated it's a lot of um like every gym is kind of like a little like a family in its own community in itself and it's yeah so it was like it's just interesting going to all these different places i guess when there's like that much money on the line in like these ufc fights it does um 
yeah, it just raises raises a few more questions, and that's why you see like all of these guys chopping and changing gyms so much. And also, I would say it's because of um, like you get asked questions, you get media, like you show up to your fight, and if you you lost your last fight, first thing the first thing they're gonna ask you is what have you changed. So like the easiest thing you can change, which is the easiest answer, is like, oh, the gym, I'm at this new gym, these new coaches, new, like, it's the easiest, um, it's like one of the easiest ways to get the monkey off your back. You know what I mean? Like, then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll believe in you now because you've, you've changed, you've changed this big thing. You've answered our question. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a, a big move recently was, uh, was Brandon Moreno and he just took him I think he, him and his his like close training partners they were all training with uh, a, a gym out in uh, Tijuana right a team out in Tijuana pretty big team Mexican team and then he left after he lost the title his last fight and went over to Glory MMA with uh, James Krause and and their stable of fighters because and they have so many fighters there like probably 15 UFC guys Bellator guys or whatever whatnot that's that's a crazy one right there too it's like the world fucking title you lost and then you just left your gym and went to the to another gym and then you're walking into an interim title fight if you lose this one then it's like did you make a mistake and leave your whole you know what i mean like it's like it's that situation and it's like like you said there's so much money on the line you know what i mean for even the coaches you know what i mean the coaches get a percentage of whatever six figures that these guys are making for title fights right so i feel bad for his last coach because he loses a big paycheck right (laughs) because he's heading into another title fight i don't know man but let's talk about that fight brandon moreno versus your teammate kai carl france i was saying to somebody actually i was saying to frank i was like frank you know when you looked at everybody uh, at city kickboxing most people would have probably said Kai would be the least likely to fight for the title in the UFC. And look what he's fucking doing right now. He's fighting for the fucking title. So he just fucking slapped the shit out of everybody that was fucking doubting him. And I love it, man, because Kai is a great dude. Like, I've been talking to him for so long, you know what I mean? And just to see everything come to fruition for him. And he's been saying it to me the whole time. Like, I'm going to fight for the title. I'm going to fight for the title. And it's like, it's happening. You know, it must feel good for the team. Oh, without a doubt, like I've, um, I've been training with Kai since he was like 15, 16. <laughs> he was like a teenager. He was like a teenager. Um, when he, when he started training, um, at Strike Force and started training MMA and I was like doing the MMA coaching at the gym at the time. So yeah, to see him and to see where he's on now, like that kid has been through a, a terribly hard road. Like his 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 path to get to where he is has just been has just been mad. Like his first fight, yeah, was at like lightweight. He didn't even weigh that much. He went out there and like whooped a grown man. He has like a what seventeen year old professional went in there as a professional fight, just whooped like a grown man. Then he got like jacked up, and he fought this guy Chad George, who was like. 23 like 23 and two or 23 and three for like his second his second that was like his second pro fight was against a bellator wc vet 
Chad George. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he got like he got stopped in that fight, but this kid is like he gets back out there and he comes like he knows he knows um, how to pick himself back up. He knows what he's capable of doing, um, and he's just absolutely. I think he's just getting inspired. You know, he was he was on that um, team, the the team at Tiger Muay Thai with Peter Yan, with Alex Volkanovsky. Yeah. He's trained with Shevchenko. He's um, Israel at the same like the guy has been in the gym with some of the biggest names in the sport right now. So you you get a lot of and he, I know how well he goes against all of those people. So it's um he knows what he's capable of. He knows what he's capable of and he's he's committed to it and he's absolutely chasing. Yeah, man. And uh I remember him getting that ultimate fighter spot on that champion season for flyweights but i think a lot of people don't understand like you mentioned earlier about him making his debut at lightweight the dude's been fighting outside of his weight class for a long time and knocking dudes out like he's fought at bantamweight for because he couldn't fight fight i, I don't think he, he was able to find fights at flyweight right for a long time nobody wanted to fight him yeah. so he had to fight at bantamweight and just knock dudes out cold <laughs> Yeah, just and he's fought everywhere too, man. This guy, PXC, Kun Loon, Legend. Uh, Legend FC, fucking Ryzen. He fought at right. He fought for Ryzen before he went to the UFC. Man, just uh, just much props to Kai, man. He's he's he he traveled the globe before he even went to the UFC. And he was it's like, like what, what you it's what you need to do though like you, you he kind of went in there um he went into the, when he got to the ufc he was already like a very well-developed version of himself and obviously he's made improvements and adjustments since then and um committed himself to city kickboxing like full-time and he's 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 bought into the program and bought into the system and he, he the results speak for themselves yeah he's he's got a like a, a a fucking like team you know he got the dietitian of course he's got the coach of the city but then he also has like a sports psychologist and that's like all part of his team that he's kind of like a sim like assembled to become this fucking championship level fighter and that's insane like it just shows you like if you're a guy that's coming up like you want to get to that point where you could you're able to afford a sports psychologist and have every facet covered yeah, just it's about putting the right people in the right places like and and having a team around you that has got your back. Like I didn't find that until like you really come home. Like when I when I came home back to New Zealand, um, and just started putting the right people in the right places. Like that'll be the funny one when I do like my next fight, and they're like, "Oh, so what? What have you changed?" And I'm like, "No, nah, I didn't change none of that. Like I changed me. I changed. <laughs> like I. That's why I say like I take." full responsibility for like my run because i like the only person that can change it is me like my team is solid the people that i have around me my city kickboxing and my strength conditioning and um all of that like they're all solid like i wouldn't change a single none of them made a mistake like i made a mistake. and that's like uh i don't know maybe it's like hard for for a lot of people to admit that like they fucked it up no one else fucked it up <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a that's a battle within yourself, right? Is like because that word blame, you know, it could yeah, it could get you in trouble. Like, relationship. 
Yeah. Oh, 100, 100%. Like, 100%. Like, you go out there, you're going to just, like, blame it on one of the people that goes out of their way to help you. Like, that's, um, that's gutless, you know? Take it on the chin. And, uh, yes. And I wonder, like, when fighters leave gyms, it's like, who, who are they blaming for some discrepancies in, in what's going on. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just yeah. that's so my just favorite my one, right? My curious. favorite one was um when uh Robbie Robbie Lawler left American Top Team. And he went to he went to Sanford, yeah. Yeah. But like Robbie Lawler left and they go it's a reporter because Robbie that he doesn't do not like he says minimalist stuff <laughs> in interviews. Like he I think he just like hates it, you know. You get like that yeah. sense that he really doesn't like it. But he got asked, like, why did you leave American Top Team, blah, blah, blah. And, like, his response, his response was plain and simple. He just says, because I'm a grown-up and I made a decision. <laughs> and the people <laughs> asking the vision were just like, oh, they took a step back. And they were like, well, that's not, that's fair, right? He just said, I'm a grown-up and I made a decision. And everyone else. But then if you're a reporter. Yeah, but if you're, like, a reporter, you'd ask him, like, okay, the decision you made, like, where did it come from? Like, who did you, you know, consult with? You know what I mean? Like, you got to dig into a little bit more. But, yeah, Robbie Lawler is the type I of I think Robbie Lawler is like a hard guy to dig into. I feel like he's a, he's a very closed book. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah, he's he's a different guy. Um, Penny you know, did, he, um, never. Penny did one of the, because um, I did those watch along um events yeah. you like watch along with the ufc with uh i did it with dance pulver so yeah. i like did it and he had like robbie lola on one of his and he said man i was shocked like i because james pulver was known robbie since for 20 years you know um so he asked him to do it he said yeah or you do it jump on his podcast or something like that and then at the end of it like at the end of the interview you go like oh so plug your um how do people get a hold of you on instagram or twitter like what are your handles he like asked Robbie Lawler that. Then he goes, "So how do people get a hold of you?" And he goes, "They can't." And he's like, "Oh, well. <laughs> he's like, I don't like. He doesn't. He doesn't read none of it. He doesn't. He's not like. He mustn't be the man behind his his social media whatsoever. That's pretty like that's yeah. old school though. Like none of those guys yeah. could give a flying shit about um, any of the stuff, any of the social media." instagram pages kind of stuff that's very yeah like a very new age um thing with fighting it is it is a new age thing you know like robbie does come from that that era of like you know i don't care like there was what there was the facebook or not facebook myspace maybe at that time you know what i mean that's about it maybe maybe when he started fighting he's he's pre he's pre myspace robbie lola yeah (laughs) <laughs> um another fight that was really good on the card was uh davy grant versus louis smoker man david grant he looks like he's like 50 years old but man he fights like a a young buck doesn't he the dude is he's he swing. Has, he has like some, everything yeah <laughs> everything he throws is like 100 percent. it's mad it's mad like it's pretty cool to watch him um nah he did great i think just to just too too powerful for Lewis Smoker. Smoker was fighting at like flyweight for a long time, wasn't yeah, he? he? Was. And then he's come back yeah. into the UFC. Um, but Davy just looked like he carried too much power for him, and and he didn't have the 
enough pop in his jab or enough snap in his jab to to keep um Woodland he couldn't get uh Grant's respect. You know, like in a fight it's 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 very important that you get your opponent's respect um very early so they don't just try to walk you down throwing power shots for the next fifteen minutes. Um but yeah, he wasn't able to do that and then Grant eventually wore through him. If you look at his record, he was he was actually on a two fight losing streak, but his losses are to Marlon Vera, top five guy, and Adrian Yanez, who's one of, probably one of the hottest like young prospects in that division coming up. Um, but went to decision with both, so it shows you that this guy he's his chin is solid. Maybe that's why he throws those hooks. Man, his hooks are just like from you. Yeah, two from three, Jupiter. two three does boom. <laughs> Whoa! I got some pop in him though. He's put some people they in body do. bags with him. For real, yeah. So, yeah, there's yeah, there was a nasty one. Uh, what is it, Martin Day? When he knocked out Martin Day, I think that's the one that he kept showing before the fight. Yeah, he starched him with that. Yeah, he's had some crazy. You know, I gotta respect guys that go in there and just put everything to every punch, man, and and try to just fucking decapitate the other guy. Uh, but this but time, everything, he didn't really every to... every every kick, everything, like everything, mm-hmm. he's just full power. He has one mode; it's mm-hmm. full power mode. Fan friendly. That's what that's what they want, right? He wants that fan friendly. So, yeah, how how old is this guy? Oh, he's thirty six. It's not too bad. Um, Luis Smoka, man. I think that that was his like fourth loss in a row. It wasn't and this a is his... good this wasn't no. a good UFC event for the old dogs. Let's just put it that no, way. It there was Smoker, uh Camacho Hill. Yeah. It was a bad night. It was a bad night to be a my well, I consider a veteran. Definitely a veteran. Louis Smoker definitely a veteran. Um yeah, Louis Smoker not four in a row, two in a row. He's lost two in a row. Man, he he was at one point gonna fight Sean O'Malley, and then I think he had had to pull out of that fight. But other than that, man, he's been win loss, win loss. So I think they'll give him another fight. They should, you know. What I mean, I don't, probably has one one left in the contract. So let's give uh, Luis Smoka one more fight. But yeah, Grant, I wonder where he goes. I think he's gonna fight somebody with with an exciting style that he can knock out, or the other guy yeah. can knock him out. I think that's what they're gonna build them, um, build them against. You know what I mean? That's what that's what they do. Um, Ryan Spawn versus Ian Kutalaba. Kutalaba, he's just a big ball of just energy, right? It's, yeah, he's a big ball of testosterone. That man is a that's an angry, angry man. He is, and then he goes in there and just gets fucking guillotined by. Ryan Spawn, but it had some good moments in that fight. He did up it, to that it, point. He was, doing, he was doing very well with the wrestling, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just got got caught in that high elbow guillotine. Um, Spawn must must be on the same program as me. There's a ten, ten tap minimum before you let go of any submission. <laughs> <laughs> it's like tapping. I was like, hey, what? <laughs> I counted at you got to scream. I counted at least ten. He's at the least 10, 10 solid taps. You got to scream. You like, imagine in a fight. I'm just, not, I'm just saying this, but imagine in a fight, like, 
like you couldn't tap, right? You've seen those submissions where they have both arms locked up with the legs and then you're maybe you're choking the guy or whatever. Um, and you can't tap, feet. right? You do the old feet stomp. Well, would it would you be I'm okay. Would it be more of a uh would it be a bitch move to scream? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to get that clear answer. Would it be a bitch move to scream? Because what like, kind of scream? Well, it's not gonna be a fucking braveheart scream, but I'm ah. just gonna tell you that right oh. now. <laughs> but it's any any like you make any noise. Yell out "fuck" and they they can they can like technically they can stop it if you if you okay. get an armbar or something you go ah fuck like they'll they can stop it. Be like fuck. fuck. I don't think they would. You're trying to do like the hocus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then they they, easy, they stopped. They stopped the fight. They're like, stop. You you screamed like the Hulk, but they stopped the fight because they thought that you're you're injured or whatever. But yeah, I've seen people and like I think on, I think more I think at live local shows where they have actually like screamed, you know what I mean? Like ah, you know, like they're caught in a kimura, and they didn't tap fast enough, and they're like ah, like they would really scream like that. And I'm just like, that must have fucking hurt because most fighters wouldn't scream at all, right? It was so, like uh. My one was Markachev, and then they like had the replay. But when they showed the, because obviously Khabib was like cornering him, mm-hmm. and then like he he had the he had the Kimura, and then I was thinking, I didn't think like from memory, I didn't tap or say like anything. Like that's mm-hmm. my recollection of it. Just the ref saw how fucked up my arm was, and was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just like made the he made the right call. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was it was gonna snap, and I might have said, mm-hmm. I was thinking I might have gone, ah, fuck, like damn it you know like got me mm. but i didn't tap or i didn't i didn't think i made a noise but then all these people started saying like oh you scream from the video that came out they were showing like a replay of it khabib was cornering and khabib was like mic'd up because they were coming at me and they were saying like oh you're screaming like a little bitch screaming like a little bitch and i was thinking did i make a noise but on the replay of the video the riff he gets the kimura and then Khabib yells out. Khabib's like, yes, like celebrating. Khabib's like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's like what everyone thought that was me <laughs> saying. It's like, <laughs> saying like it's, but they, it doesn't make any sense. They're like, you're screaming like it a doesn't. little bitch. And I'm like, I'm like pointing, oh, that might have been your hero that was making that noise. Like, I didn't make that. <laughs> That's it. It was just, it was just celebrating. Your hero. <laughs> your national hero. Uh, your national hero. <laughs> Screaming like well, a what? Uh, Habib was screaming so loud that it was picked up by other mics. Let's just say it like that, right? Like his scream is. I think he know, had the heart mic. level. I think he had the mic. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, well, I don't know. know. I can't even. I haven't even seen the. No one can find the. Yeah, I don't think I made a noise. I don't think I you made a noise either. I, I think I'm, but I didn't make it because they didn't show the. They didn't show the other camera angle when they were promoting. When they were like showing the replays in there. Mm-hmm. What did he fight again? Oh, for the um, for the Bobby Green fight, like they didn't show the replay. Because yeah. I was like, "Fuck, I swear I didn't tap or make a noise." So I was like, "Technically, technically, the ref should let a break." That's just, it was a. It, I'm glad a he didn't. Stoppage. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't. Thank you. 
my shoulder greatly appreciates your kindness. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> would you would you ever be like what would it take for you to be angry at a ref? Because you know you've seen guys like pissed off at refs and push them and like you know some refs have been attacked like did you see that one thing with mark goddard when he got attacked by that like little flyweight guy in you in in abu dhabi or oh, something oh yeah yeah i did see that um i don't know i don't know referring's like uh referring's uh tough in any sport like it's like a thankless job it's like when you do great you don't if you is a referee if you do great you don't get noticed and if you do bad like people blame you for like everything i don't know i never i never take the referee really into account like i i always feel like my my favorite referees are the ones you don't notice like oh there was a show so i did a show at my gym last night that's why i'm a bit dusty this morning we had a show at the gym last night put on like a big event had like nine fighters but like my message was put if you're you conduct it like I know it's a fight, but you conduct yourself as gentlemen. I was like, you still conduct yourself as gentlemen. You know, don't. I said, if you hear my voice, you're doing something wrong. I said, I want to just not be part of it. I said, if you just conduct yourself as gentlemen, you don't go around breaking the rules, kicking each other in the nuts, doing all the silly shit. You won't even hear me. If you don't, you'll hear me jumping between rounds, going, yeah, time, time, yeah, you ready, you ready. Like that's that's it. I feel like. Uh, a referee should kind of go more unnoticed because you do see these referees now like they're every little every little thing like they it's like they want to be there's some referees it seems like they want to be on tv right like they're like mm-hmm. every little thing stop i need to talk to this person i need to do the like just let the boys play you know what i mean just let just stay, just stay out of it let them let them sort it out and what about this guy remember this guy remember this guy did he get fired? What's he doing? Nah, he's a. Yeah, isn't he? Uh, he got banned, I think, by the UFC. He can't ref. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Yamasaki. Mario Yamasaki. Mario Yamasaki. Yes, Mario. Banned a band, am I? I think so. Uh, that's the rumor. I don't right? know. Yeah, it's a it's a hard job. Herb's like the best. Herb's like, but even he's like made mistakes before. It's a pretty hard job. Of course, to like not fuck up. Everybody it's like so mistakes. it's so quick, and then like every every decision you make has to be so so decisive. It's like, uh, and I guess the hardest one is um, like when to stop the fight. That's yeah. like the hardest. That's like the hardest um, point as a referee. What about the whole like? You should have let it go. It's a title fight. Uh, a, <laughs> you should have let him, let him die. Make sure he it's never. Make fight. sure this is. Make sure this is the last title fight he ever has. Exactly. Like let nah, him, it'll, it'll, let him. It'll, yeah. I don't know, man. It's such a because that is like the real beauty of our sport is like when someone like pull something back from defeat like that's like those are some of like the truly miraculous moments like in this um it is like what's that pat pat barry check conga like if you were to yeah. stop that you could have stopped we that never had it we would have never had it you know what i mean like no. some of the best moments you get like some of the some of the best learning experiences you get yourself as a fighter is like when you push through that adversity or those difficult times in a fight and come out on top like that's some of the greatest memories um, 
that are like handlers and fighters. So it's a difficult, it's a difficult point to just like take that opportunity from a guy. is is hard. Refereeing say I would not want to be a referee. No. Yeah, it's that's that's something that that is a very difficult job, and and <laughs> people do shit on them, and I probably shit on referees in the past too, and and I probably will shit on a referee in the future. You know what I mean? It's just like people writing things about me online. It's just like whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's just someone's opinion. I think. Uh, yeah, it's it's a problem when, like you said, the referee is trying to be on camera and trying to make, like make a name for yeah, himself. Yeah. You know, like yeah. next you know the fucking referee is gonna be wearing like like uh, personalized fucking uniforms and shit. What the fuck's gonna happen with that? You know, what I mean, they're looking uh, like they, they Bruce Buffer out there. They would have. <laughs> yeah, they would. They would have. They could. were patches and shit. You know what I mean? They fucking got their website on the chest. You know what I mean? Like that's what they be doing, trying to sell some shit. But uh, that's the world we live in, though, Dan. We live in a world where every opportunity that you have, a lot of people are going to take the opportunity and try to fucking squeeze as much as they can out of it possible, especially like with social media and online and TV and, you know, whatever or not. But I wanted to ask you about your fucking bucket list thing from last night. Like, like what yeah, happened that with was, that? Um, it, was, it went really well. So I, I actually... Um... It's been running in New Zealand in a different part of New Zealand in Dunedin with uh, Matt Toll for for uh, for a long time now, and then he's encouraged me to start it up in New Zealand. It's similar, like if people haven't heard of bucket list, it's like uh, Winter Warrior. It's like uh, anyone can 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 sign up, um, and you do. I think it's fourteen weeks of training, and at the end of the fourteen weeks of training, um, you get out there and you have a you have an MMA fight. So it was. Uh, nervous the first one because i i assigned this to obviously i've been like traveling around in a bit so i i knew that i couldn't run this one um myself so i gave it to my fighter aaron toe who fights uh this friday for the xfc featherweight title uh, anyway oh he's going for champ champ he's going champ champ so he's the nice. champ for xfc and then i jacked him up with the xfc featherweight title so we're going champ champ uh, different uh, topic but he was running this entire event. So it's like a pretty big deal. He's got an event on this weekend and then he fights uh, Friday. So he fights like yeah. a few days time. So it's like he's been running around organizing this, put on an incredible event. Uh, it was nine five and only one. My, I, I insisted I referee it just because um, I didn't trust anyone else to referee. <laughs> like I just wanted to. Not that I didn't trust, but like I know, I know the fighters. Like I know, uh, I kind of like have some understanding of their backgrounds and stuff like that. So there's like some fights you would stop very early, and then others you can like let the boys play a bit more, you know. Um, so I was like, I wanted to be the referee just so I had a bit more control, made sure, made sure no one got hurt, made sure no one was seriously injured. So we got out. It was only one TKO. Um, all the other fights, great fights. They all went to decisions. But yeah, these people were people were nuts. We had no no. Cool. Yeah, they had a, they had a fight. All these yeah. nine people. All the, there were nine nine. There were nine fights. Like people, <laughs> people like they're feeling had, the feeling it this morning, huh? Oh, they're feeling it. They're feeling it. because <laughs> it's like their bucket list. You know, they're gonna they're gonna do it once. Like they're gonna do it yeah. for those pictures. They're gonna do it for their memory. So I said, like, I would prefer that they all wear, like, shin pads and have, like, a, a padded 
I said, I'm gonna. I understand that some of you like really are against it. So I'm gonna go around and ask ask them all individually. I didn't have. Mm-hmm. We had eight unpadded fights. I'll probably catch That's a bit great, of shit man. for that once Matt Toa finds that out. But um, nah, it was like it was a good night. Like none, of, none, of, no one was here. Not a cut. No one was seriously injured. But the funny yeah. one was about it was they all walking around limping after the fight. That was like the funny thing. <laughs> They were walking around limping after the fight, and I walked up to all of them and I said, "It's not such a good idea now, is it?" I said, "It was smart. You wanted to look tough in front of your mates about an hour ago, but I think you're regretting it now." <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. Like the fight hurt. This is like, it, this is what the people don't understand. Like the, it feels the exact same like in the fight, but after the difference between having a shin pad on and having like not having a shin pad on is just incredible it's mm-hmm. like they it hurts so much more after the fight in like an unpadded fight compared with the the padded fight but nah there was some there was some gun fight definitely looking that, forward to that putting that on yeah maybe that should be my next adventure is to go down to new zealand and and train at your gym for 14 weeks and then fight i can I can put you on the bucket list. I can put you on the bucket list, brother. We'll see what happens with this one. You know what I mean? Like, cause this one I'm gonna do unpadded. I'm gonna fight unpadded. No shin guards, MMA gloves. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like it's bucket list, right? So fucking throw it in there. It's air bucket list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why I let that's why I let them do it. Like cause the other ones are padded event, like Wimtoria's like a full um you know, mm-hmm. shin pads and rash guards and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's their bucket list, right? Like they they they're gonna do it once. You want you you're gonna want the picture to be uh you're gonna want the picture to be good, right? You're doing yeah. it the, the people out here doing it for the gram. Let them do it for the gram. <laughs> exactly, man. You you have that for the rest of your life, you know, you have that to show your kids, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 something cool that I'm glad a lot of gyms are starting to offer it more. You know what I mean? It's more accessible to just like go in there, train and, and get good guidance and and them matching up really well with somebody and and see what happens you know it's it's very interesting man that more and more people are starting to do it which is cool but it's funny that like the people that are doing it around it they're like interest around it is incredible like people like next year is probably already sold out the amount of people that were like yeah i'll I'll get there i'll give that a go next time blah 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 yeah you get that energy you get that energy from people. Like if you're actually at the shows, you get that energy. And uh, you know what was I gonna say is like, it's funny that people that are actually doing these bucket list things are people that are not have nothing to do with the sport. They're just like, most of them are just like regular people that might watch some fights. You know what I mean? Some of them might be you know like really into it, but like a lot of the people are not like in the sport. You know, like you and well, me. Well, it's like a, it's like a. Uh not like practical for them to like yeah if you if you were to it's like different because if you were to like actually sh- to show up at a gym to start training uh like progress up like to get yourself to, to for me to like get a guy ready for an mma fight um this takes years like it takes yeah. years of years of time like people just practically don't have the time to, or, or like the will they, they have a full-time job they've got families they can't do that but you for 12 weeks for 13 weeks 14 weeks like people can make the sacrifices then if they're guaranteed 
you know, that they're going to have that opportunity to get out there and compete. And like, I would say most of the guys have trained, like, of course they're fight fans, you know, but they've trained in the past off and on, like here and there. Um, so they have like a bit of experience, like fight ex- training experience, but that 12 week commitment, um, to get in shape and get out there for fighters. Uh, yeah, it's like a unique opportunity, but I think it, it like needs to be there that need yeah. like you need you need to offer that like civilian to cage fight yeah as like a possibility you know what i mean yeah. so then one of your mates is always sitting around talking shit about it like oh i would i would do i would do well 12 <laughs> in 12 weeks you could you could stop yeah. talking all this shit every weekend watching ufc or you could and then they'll go oh oh nah 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 don't worry about that yeah yeah i don't know like to be like even if you don't fight, I think just go through 14 weeks of that training will change you. Even if you don't fight, like just going through the 14 weeks of just like just getting 100%. a fucking little smidget of taste of what a real fighter like goes through. Just a smidget. You know what I mean? That 14 weeks is a smidget, right? Like you've dedicated years, most of your life to this craft. These guys are 14 weeks. It's fucking like for you guys, it's like nothing. It's like it just passes by. For them, it's the 14 years of their life. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, I got to fucking go in there, wake up, and then you have to be, you have to prepare yourself for fucking like getting your ass beat, possibly getting your ass beat by somebody when you step into that gym. You know what I mean? Like, they need to understand. I think people need to, like, if you cover the sport, I'm not saying you have to fight, but I think if you went to a 14, let's, let's fucking fly every fucking media member into Dan's gym. For 14 weeks. They don't even have to fight. They just go through the 14 weeks of training. Media edition. Nah, they have to, <laughs> this fight, fight club. You have to fight. <laughs> yeah, you just make them live in the basement. Just fucking find some. It's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty cool because they all, they all like train together in like bucket list. They all train together and they don't know, they didn't know who they were like actually going to fight. Obviously, people get like a bit of a gauge of who they're like similar size and experience and stuff. Um, but they didn't know, they didn't find out till they got to the weigh-in. So they got their names called out at weigh-in was like when they found out who their opponent was going to be, which was like, like pretty cool. I was like, that was like Aaron left it up to that. I know on the other bucket list, like they do it like a little earlier. I thought Aaron was going to have a, a few more pullouts, you know, but now nah, we only had, it was only one pullout on, on fight week from uh, a wiggly tooth. He got a, he was eating a chicken nugget. But down too hard on the chicken nugget, and then his, he, his tooth started to go wiggly. So he went to the dentist. Said that he would lose his tooth if he had a fight. I said, "Wouldn't you rather go around telling girls you lost your tooth in a fist fight as opposed to eating chicken nuggets?" I said, "Isn't yeah. that like a far better story?" <laughs> oh well, I had this fist fight. I was fighting this guy. He caught me with a punch. Like, oh my tooth, you know, my tooth came out. Are we going to go around telling girls? Nah, I was eating chicken nuggets. Crunch, crunching chicken nugget too hard and lost my tooth. Oh well, oh, everything's on. not for everyone. Not the not the chicken nugget flex, you know what I mean? Not the, like... not the chicken nugget. But now, <laughs> bloke's gonna get called chicken nugget for the rest of his life. <laughs> I don't know for real. For real. if he if he thinks if chicken nugget thinks that I'm ever gonna forget about this. He's he's sorely mistaken. If you're really if you're really a like a real dick, you know what I mean? Like you make take 
you make some fucking like t-shirts with the chicken nugget with the tooth in the middle you know what i mean and just fucking had them out oh, we'll, like, get this is... we'll get them support we'll get them support support them man we'll get them come on support him i'm gonna but uh yeah it's cool stack toilet, i'm gonna stack toilet paper up <laughs> at the entrance of the gym and just gave on a wrap him on it before he gets in <laughs> that's great man that's great that you guys had a good show you know what i mean and people fought and enjoyed it that's community too like you said earlier about gyms and shit like around the world like building communities and and having a good time by punching each other in the face why the fuck not um it was very cool but it was like last couple hundred it was like two three hundred people wow i didn't have a single security guard and we didn't have a uh any kind of problem so it was a good good event yeah definitely um you know last week there was all this like lightweight movement and shit, you know, and there was a lot of talk going around during the yeah, last everyone week. Was, like, everyone was arguing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I said, stay out of it. Everyone's had enough of me. They said, stay out of it. I stayed out of it. I stayed out of it. Yeah. There's a few, yeah, then, uh... there's a few times that I wrote some things up and I was going, <laughs> I want to press send on this so bad, but I got told stay out of it. Yeah, out of it. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people are like saying, like, hey, like they, they were like throwing your name into some matchups, right? So uh, did you did you see any of that? Like people throwing your name into some of the matchups coming out of uh, USC 274? I saw like Tony Ferguson. That's like yeah. the one I already saw. But like, would that I'm be a good fight? Yeah, but got, I think like got, you know just got knocked out. I think he'll probably be back by the end of the year or even probably earlier, you know what I mean? But yeah, like calling him out is like something that's like what's the yeah, we'll point, deal right? with it. We'll deal with it when he like, you know, yeah, when the when the bloke wakes up, like I'm not. But there's also a lot of like talk about like you rematching Poirier. A lot of people want to see that shit, man. Like it's pretty like I've noticed it a lot like people really wanting to see that eventually. You know what I mean? I don't know the next fight but yeah i gotta get a couple of yeah i gotta get a couple of wins and a couple you know, wins nate diaz <laughs> what about nate diaz like oh yeah now i want to fight chandler and that's the fight i want and it's like what like what he's you just my man like he, he just he goes in for like the highest reward fight he can like possibly get <laughs> his hands on like he comes back he beats chandler he gets a title shot right like at what yeah. weight division he possibly wants like if he fights Tan at one seventy, Nate Diaz will probably get a title shot off of that. Like, mm-hmm. or put some. I think on like the last fight of his contract or something. Yeah. So basically, what the UFC probably would try to do is like renegotiate and try to sign him to a couple more fights, which he probably doesn't want. So he's just trying yeah. to find. Like, what about him pissing well, at the UFC PI? <laughs> ah, he's pissing in the bush. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a flex. Isn't it a, he hasn't had like a cheeky, you know, cheeky piss, piss. We are not supposed to piss. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I was like, I think that was one of the ones I had, you know, oh, look at the badass over here. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know when people like drive past the cops and they're like, this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, not really, you're not really doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's going around calling it, everyone's a dumbass. It's like, well, you, you signed the same contract I signed. So, Yes. Yeah, to me, it's like people are like, yeah, he's such 
like he's so like anti UFC and it's like no like the dude pissed in a bush behind a what a trash can it's like I'm pretty sure a lot of people pissed in that bush behind that trash can because humans especially dudes we're known to piss pretty much anywhere <laughs> right I've seen dudes like piss in the middle of traffic like uh, just anywhere hey, just it's you know been what I mean. Done. It's nothing new. Wasn't right? so, wasn't cry, was hardly was hardly crime of the century. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What about those sensitive sallies out there? Just like oh, you should be arrested for indecent exposure and okay, okay. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, just there's people out there like that, man. Like you just never goes the, the whole, like. I guess it's like not. one of the most practical places to piss, though. It's a <laughs> it's know. like a plant. It's like a plan. It will absorb it. You know what I mean? How how many dudes have pissed in their own fucking bush and the bathroom is right inside their fucking house? How many dudes piss, have done that? Uh, always piss in my bush. It's a, exactly. It's a good place to piss. It feels more natural. <laughs> Giving back to nature. Yeah, just add some, you know, extra minerals to the, to the plant. You know what I mean? Like, it, it helps it grow. All that good stuff. But yeah, just... They're it's wrong. funny, like Nate Diaz, like the Diaz Army fans versus like the Habib fans. You know what I mean? Like they have equal levels of delusion. I feel like yeah, they yeah. do. Like it's just the level of delusion from that fan base is almost yeah, it is equal. You know what I mean? Like last week we talk about like good stuff about Islam. All they want to do is talk about like. This guy don't know anything. Like it's that that's where it goes. Like I'm like, Islam, you, you said Islam should probably he's probably gonna get the next title shot in Abu Dhabi. That's what's gonna happen. It's logical. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what it is. We're talking good shit. And then all of a sudden it's like and then something about Habib, like uh what 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 did Habib do? Oh yeah, he tweeted something and then like they took that and said, like, Oh, you guys are haters of Habib. I'm like, now I'm like now I'm like starting to feel like I should just run with that. I should just run with like being the hater, Habib hater, right? Like just be like hate Habib, even though he was perfect in his career, right? In his record. And they're like, he never bleed, he never got cut, he never got, you know, like they started doing all that shit. It's so funny, man. Oh, so man. from now on, if well, you're not watching this, comments. yeah, it's funny, man. It's funny, it's funny. It's funny, like my my coworkers will send me snapshots of comments. <laughs> like there was a good one. There was a good one, like. When my hair was a little bit longer, I was like growing in and shit. Somebody wrote like, "Oh, uh, uh, JHK went from uh, like something like uh, what is it? Oh, anime character to fucking middle-aged Japanese uh, in, like businessman." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just because my you're hair was like out, longer. You're coming up in the world. You got you're coming up in the world now. You got you got haters. You know, just shitting on you for everything you say. Like it comes honestly, it comes to a point. It came like it came to a point where I just don't, I just can't, I just post something and and leave. Like I just can't deal with it because yeah, it's like people are just just unreasonable. Like they're purely they just hate you. It's fine. Yeah. Like I've got no I've got no problem with it. But like that, there's no there's no reasoning with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then why even waste your time? And it's just like. And it's, I think it's human nature as well. You're like 90% of stuff is just like super positive, but it's like yeah. that, that small percentage of stuff that's like negative, like like the human brain 
gravitates towards that. Like there'll be a hundred, there'll be a hundred, you know, nice comments and one bad one in there. And like your brain gravitates to that one negative thing someone said about you. So it's, um, yeah, it's easier. It's easier to, to kind of just avoid that. And then the people I run into in real life are like, Oh, did you see all that, you know, all that mean stuff people say about you? And I'm just like, nah, like a nah, like I deal with people in reality like face to face it's like and, and you'd be surprised how the small amount of people that's come up to a ufc veteran and say negative stuff to them in real life like it doesn't it just doesn't happen people don't say that stuff yeah. because i'll punch you in the throat people don't <laughs> say that stuff to me in real life because there's not a computer screen now between like you and me so it's like as long as you stay stay positive i try to only share positive stuff out um you try to it gets taken negatively um you try to only share out positive stuff yeah and just deal with things in in reality and i feel like life is a lot easier like that well i think i'm i'm old enough and been through enough things in my life to where comments don't fucking bother me but yeah it's good like if you if like you said if there's people like writing bad comments about you you must be doing something right so i guess it's, you know it's, it's all good whatever they they could say whatever the fuck they want man like the six sticks and stones you know what i mean sticks and stones you know what i mean like that's what it is like i don't give a fuck about it i laugh at a lot of the stuff because it's uh it's kind of hilarious man like how dumb people are <laughs> you know what i mean like some people are fucking stupid like fucking idiots like completely retarded but um yeah it's it's fun um what was i gonna say fuck i was gonna say something when you were talking about um fuck it you see that's the worst fucking part like when you know you're gonna talk, talk about some shit and oh, we're even right. gonna leave we're gonna leave the show like that just be like i forgot no about no i remember i'm just happy that my daughter and my wife they don't really care about like what i do you know what i mean like not really care but they don't like pay attention to what i'm doing you know what i mean so if like people are writing bad comments like they would not they would not have any idea that that's even happening because i don't even talk to them about it and they don't go online and look look for my stuff and like read it and shit like that so it's kind of that's kind of good because i don't want my daughter coming up and like what is this person saying you know what i mean i'd be like oh shit i gotta explain this to her you know what i mean like but uh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy it's said a... that you're all black. Fuck. My ultimate, my ultimate plan is to, to once I finish, retire, just delete all social media accounts and just carry on, carry on with life. <laughs> that I think that I think that's harder, you know, like said than done. You know what I mean? To be able to delete all of that stuff. It's it's hard, oh, man. After you built it for so long, you know. Like I think a lot of people, it's just very difficult. What's fucking next weekend, man? We got a couple minutes left. Let's see what fucking next weekend we got. Uh, Holly Holmes. That's right, Harley Holmes. That was a good guy. Yeah, Holly Holmes, like, kind of top top to bottom. It was like pretty some interesting fights. Who they got? Who they got next week? Oh, uh, they got main event Holly Holm versus Caitlin Vieira, probably fighting for the next title shot. Um, hopefully, one of them. I don't know. That'll be like Holly Holm's like nineteenth title shot. 
She's had more title shots, I think, than anybody, even more than Uri Faber. You reckon? You're right. I think yeah. Well, at least Holly Holm won the title. You know what I mean? Like, Uriah never actually got his hands on the title. Holly Holm won the title, lost the title, and then kept fighting for titles. And she's fought for titles in two different weight classes, from bantamweight to featherweight. But they love Holly Holm. You know what I mean? The UFC loves her for some reason. And what do you mean for some this, reason? It's because they just show the Ronda Rousey knockout that everyone saw. That's like the. That's you think that's still good? That's still good. Like people still remember that. Yeah, I I, I still remember that's it. Like I'm a, just saying like that's like a moment. That's like a moment in time. Like everyone remembers watching that fight and just being like, "What the fuck?" Like that yeah. is. Ridiculous. Were you there? Nah, nah, I was at home. Because that, that, in... that was in Australia, right? Yeah, that was in Australia. Yeah. That was in Australia. I think I just got back from Thailand and I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's to to be honest with you, like watching fights, it's cool to be there in certain areas of the arena. You know what I mean? Like it's not just cool to be there, like in being there, but in certain areas of the arena to watch the fights. But it's but it's nice to be home too, you know what I mean? Because yeah, once yeah, the fights are sure. over, you turn it off and you're out of home. Carry on with your shit. Carry on with exactly. your shit. Exactly. Sure. You know what I mean? You just do what the fuck you want to do. So it's uh, it's interesting. Let's see some other matchups here. We got uh, uh Michelle Pereira's fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think that's a pretty good matchup. That's a co-main event that's right good, there. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. I remember watching um. Uh, Michelle Pereira fight live before he got signed to the UFC a few years back. And he did 15 backflips to the cage. Because the, the the straightaway to the cage was just one log straightaway from the stage. He did motherfucking 15 backflips and then went and whooped someone's ass. Who is this fucking guy? Like, I'd be exhausted. Nah, like I remember watching him before he got signed to the UFC doing some wild shit backflipping in fights like <laughs> car wheels like that's a wild wild shit he's definitely like settled it down like his last yeah. couple of fights yeah so but he still has he still has it in him you know where he wants to do it but he realized that like these guys are not playing at this level like you can't be doing nah, that you shit you can go you go fight a fucking convenience store clerk and do 15 backflips yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah these you guys can do that rip your fucking head off you know what I mean? Um, who else is up here? Who we got? Chase Hooper. You know what I mean? A little young, a little young up, up and coming buck. That's an interesting like, like that's an interesting like look for the UFC and even Chase Hooper. Like he's so young, but you, it's clear that he's like he hasn't developed. I think enough in his skills to like actually fight in the UFC. I thought I he, he went, like he, his his. His actual body, like his actual body hasn't. That's died. another thing. That's another thing. You know, like there's that thing about like you go from your like teenage body to like the man body, but he's kind of clearly stuck in the teenage body. You know, like when you were like 16, 17, like you'd go to the lakeside house and, you know, girls would be impressed for because you're skinny. You know what I mean? But that's the body he has. He hasn't got into the man body yet. He hasn't become the man version of himself as a fighter. I wish. Like he would go and like fight a little bit lower level of talent, 
and develop himself more and then come back yeah, to you the have UFC. to do that you have to do that outside of the UFC you can't do that in the UFC like that's well that, the I UFC think that's what is trying not to do. for development it's not it's like sink or swim motherfucker and then they give you a fucking 10 pound kettlebell <laughs> the 20 pound kettlebell and say sick or swim motherfucker you're in seal training yeah it's just uh chase super he's a good like character he's not even a character it's just who he is you know what i mean like he's who he is and it's great to see that it's just like how how like they need to like that's why we have contender series that's why we have all these things mm. for you know for him to develop but it is what it is man anyways Next card, next week's card, I think it's going to surprise us. There's going to be some good fights on there as well. Um, everybody else, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Dan, we'll see you next week, buddy. You will. You will. <laughs>